All right, we're at Crane Christian Church Sunday School, and uh, the reason we started recording Sunday School is because I've had some requests for additional uh, content, is what we call that in the business. If I had a business, you know, it, I do have a business, and it is serving Jesus. What about y'all? Come on. That's, let's be about our Father's business, okay? And I've already spilt this on me once today, so it's just, but it's early, okay? So, 1 Kings chapter 18, and we ended at the end of 17 last week. Elijah, okay, has been... He proclaimed a drought. It got bad. And he went to, remember he went to the creek. He's drinking the creek. The, the birds are bringing him food. All that's working out. Okay. But here we go. Then a widow starts taking care of him. And how many of you know sometimes it gets harder as you're working your way through life, you feel like, is it ever going to get easier? Has anybody ever said that? Ever been out, ever, ever walked out on your back porch and said, are you sure, God? Really? If you hadn't done that, you hadn't lived as long as I have now that I'm almost 35. So, well, watch this. And I, you know, almost, you can say that from either side of 35. So anyway, watch this. Verse 24, the woman said to Elijah, now, by this, I know that you are a man of God. And I want to tell you, the way you deal with things that happen to you tells people what your relationship is with the Heavenly Father. You don't have to say nothing out loud. You don't have to, you know, anybody that has to talk about something all the time, then it always makes me suspicious. Anybody ever been suspicious? My mama had a saying, she said, I have the gift of suspicion. Okay, I just I didn't know that was a gift. <laughs> I thought that might be a tendency. Anyway, but literally, guys, um, the way he approached that tragedy, the way he approached what's going on in his life, it it proclaimed the goodness of God. And this miracle that followed him, of course, is what she was talking about. She said, "By this, I know that you're a man of God." If you'll remember, I'm going to do just a quick review. She said, why have you brought, literally, he said, have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he had come there, and think about it, he, he came with um, provision. She had been eating, you know, remember the oil, the, the, it had not been given out, if you remember last week. I mean, everything she needed was being handed, and then something bad happens. And, I, and I, it irritates me when things bad happen, because I like things to... Be, I want the very best for you, I w but especially me. Okay, just, you know, be full disclosure. When bad things happen, when struggles happen, it first thing I always do is say, Lord, what did I do wrong? What had he done wrong here? Nothing. Nothing had he done wrong. Nothing. Now, I'm not saying he would, you know, he didn't have other problems, but nothing is mentioned. How's that? But what's this guy? He's a human. But... Here's the deal. She was able to see by the way he dealt with that, the way he dealt with that uh, tragedy with her son, the way he, it, he, the world is able to see. We proclaim the goodness 
of God, and you are going to be taken care of. Okay, that he was a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. The second thing I want to just a quick review, guys. Watch this. Is this the truth? Now, I know this is, this has got a little tape on it. Okay, but is this the truth? And we want to always use that when I want to prove that uh, I want the girls to do something or I want the guys to do something or I want you to give more, I want you to give less, I want you to come more, I want you to come less, whatever. I've always got, yeah, you know, the Bible says it's a shame. You know, I've always got something, you know, because I'm a religious zealot, all right? But I don't usually say it out loud. Sometimes it's just in my brain. But watch this. Think about it. The precepts of this is absolutely in stone. It's in stone. The cornerstone. And his name is? Jesus. That's right. The cornerstone. And here's the deal, guys. He's, he's told me through his word. And you say, oh, we got some revelation. Yeah, it's right there for you, too. You can read it right here. It's in this book. That all things are going to work together for who? The good of who? Yeah, and guess what? Everybody raise your right hand. Come on, don't be a weenie. Raise your right hand. That's me! That, okay, that's two. That's me! All right, if that's you, then is this the truth? All right, you said, and, and this is, okay. Here goes the machine gun of butts. But, 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 this is the devil. Remember, he, he's always lying. He's always accusing. But you've done this wrong. But you've done that wrong. But you, but, 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 you know what? When I'm interviewing somebody, I'm talking to somebody, and I say, but, 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 I, I always say, just stop with the buts. Stop with the buts. Let's just talk about what is the truth. The truth is this, that he loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, are you a whosoever? Yes. Oh, I am a redneck, okay? And I'm a whosoever. Yes. Believe in him and is what? Baptized. Hey, once wasn't enough for me. I got a double dip. <laughs> it's like when I go get ice cream, I get a double dip. I don't want a single, no, okay. That's another story, but anyway. I was a part of an organization that did not recognize my first baptism. Uh, and so I said, I don't care. I, I take a bath every night. It's fine. And, uh, okay. But here's the deal. And, and I've had people come to me and say, oh, but he says it's only one baptism. It is. It's only one baptism in the name of Jesus. Okay. And I've had people do recommitments through the years, and they say, you know, I've just, I've screwed this up to the point I need, I need to go, I need to start over. And I, hey, how many pieces of paper have I wanted up and thrown in the trash? Mm -hmm. The stuff that I was writing, stuff that I was trying to do. But here's the deal, guys. Watch this. And it came to pass that after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. In the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. It's always interesting to me. Not always, but it's always interesting to me when I see this. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. You hear that if? 
And it's like sometimes God is saying this, and I'm, listen, watch. I have a plan for you, and if you will follow, stay on that path, then I'll be able to do what I want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's not that if you do that, I will suddenly have this power of God. I'm talking for God now. I will suddenly have this power. Now, no, that's not what happens. He's trying to line you up because here's the deal. I had four kids, and many of you all heard this. Okay, There might have been a point in our family when maybe a second or third grader along there said, Daddy, I want a chainsaw. And you know why I didn't rush down there to true value and buy him a little one? Because he would have sawed my house, my house in half and probably his brother and sister's limbs off. Right? Because he didn't need it. Now, he lives out in Colorado. If he says, Daddy, for Christmas, could you get me a chainsaw? I say, yeah, what do you, which one do you want? You see what I'm saying? Because now, I mean, he'd still scare me. I, I wouldn't watch. I, yeah, he's out there. He can deal with it out there. But anyway, literally, guys, I'd say, yeah, because he's grown. You know what I mean? I'd say, wear your safety goggles. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, but the point being, guys, he says these words. Watch this. You ever think God may be waiting on you? He says, go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain to the earth. Now, it was contingent Okay, and as I was studying this again, and guys, I've been, this has kind of been a theme every two or three years of my life. Um, I want you to think about the discomfort, and I don't know how much I talked about it the last couple of weeks, but the discomfort that it would have been to a prophet of God. This guy has spoken, and it's not raining. Now, okay, would you say that's power? Yes. It's God's power, but I mean, He's God's voice to the nation. This is a big, He's a big deal, okay? Kind of like some of y'all, big deal, okay? But watch this. He had to go and depend upon a widow woman. Man, do you think that was pride busting? It would be for me to depend, okay? And then that child goes through that, dies, and I mean, can you imagine him going, and I don't know, I wasn't there, but like, really, God? I'm trying to help these. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay sane here while I'm, you know. So anyway, but the point being is this. I mean, you know, there's a little, little uh, momentary discomfort in this life. Yes. And... Uh, we can be whiners or we can be winners. So that's up to you. Okay. And, uh, but in that momentary discomfort, many times we seek him and we receive revelation. There's a story that was taught to me as a child, uh, as a young Christian. Um, there are whole studies on eagles. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard a teaching on eagles and you know it's very it's fascinating but there's at one point during the maturity of a young eagle they're in the nest their mom and mama and i think the mom and dad's actually kind of work together a little bit 
but they, uh, they bring them food, they're sitting in the nest, they don't have to worry about anything, they don't have to exert themselves, they're in the nest, it's comfortable. And what happens is, is that they'll just sit there and then they will bring in stones and put it in the nest and make it uncomfortable and begin to fill it up. You ever feel crowded in your situation? Okay. You ever feel like, I'm just, this, you know, and here's the deal, guys. I'm not saying to jump from thing to thing, but what I am saying is sometimes God uses the discomforts of this life, okay, to get us out of a place of comfort. Does that make sense? And so, and if that doesn't work, they'll just, some, of, some of those are so stubborn, they'll just sit on top of the rocks. They'll just sit on top of the rocks. Been there, done that. Okay. Wonder if it's going to hatch. But watch this, guys. Literally, then the mom or the dad will get in there and start going. Right? And then they have to get out of the nest. And they and they, immediately when they go, a lot of times they'll go and start flopping because they, they're, the nests are up high. And the parent uh, eagles will come in underneath them and, and bump them and say, you know, run, Forrest, run, or whatever, you know. I mean, flap your wing, and, and they will actually assist them until they can actually fly. Think about that. Is that an amazing picture? And some of us want to be comfortable. How many of y'all want to be comfortable? You have no idea how much I want to be comfortable. Okay. And, I mean, I'll never forget the first time Kim got that uh, Jeep Commander, and we were sitting in it, and it had a seat warmer. <laughs> I was like, what kind of person needs a seat warmer? And I talked about her. That's crazy. That's crazy. Guess what? Pickup I drive's got one now. <laughs> so that's what you get from making fun of folks. Anyway, but God, yeah, I, I used, I thought in the 70s, I thought anybody that had an air conditioner truck was a weenie. Down South Arkansas, just everybody sweating, stinking. You know, what's the difference? Okay. So watch this. After many days, go and present yourself to Ahab. Now, Ahab is not pleased with him for telling them it's not going to rain and it not raining. Okay? He's not pleased. So, there's going to be a little bit of fear there. How many of you ever got nervous about what's going to happen next? Okay? So... So Elijah obeyed, we're in verse 2, and went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah. Now, I love this guy. Obadiah, study it when you have a chance. Spend some time with Obadiah. I like him. Who was in charge of his house. This guy was a, think about it, he was like, the maintenance slash livestock manager slash everything for the king. You think that's a big deal? Yeah. I mean, he was a big deal. Okay. And so this guy means, Obadiah means, when you look at it in the, uh, the Hebrew, it means servant of God. Now, I want to make, make a point here. I'm going to roost here for a minute. Watch this. He has called you, whether you are a teacher, whether you're a uh, secretary, whether you're 
work construction, whether you are retired, he has called you to be an Obadiah. And if you're listening this morning, if you're somewhere and you say, well, I don't see how that's possible. No, listen to me. This God told me this last week I was studying. He pointed this up and he said, grow where you're planted. And listen, guess what? If you get too big for the pot, uh, and he'll, he'll, you can transfer. You know that, right? You can take, get, come out of a pot. We've had a lot of people in the last 20 years here that we trained and we had our little ministry school, or whatever. And, you know, now they're pastoring, they're preaching, they're teaching. I mean, and good. I mean, we're not in for this. This is not, we're not trying to, you know, I mean, anyway, it's okay. But for 1995, no, I'm just kidding. All right. So, so Elijah went to present himself, and there was severe famine, and Ahab had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Where does the beginning of wisdom come from? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, here's the deal. He has called us not to walk in fear, right? But I will never forget, and it's so irritating. Remember what, what happens when you're irritated? A pearl, right? That's where we're all just little clams here. And we're irritated, we'll, cut, we'll, make, we'll study and pray and seek, and it becomes a pearl in our lives, okay? But watch this. I will never forget when I was looking and I was praying, I was crying out to God, and I was, taught, I was studying fear. I was studying fear because I was raised in a home of fear, okay? Um... Uh, abandonment, um, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about the people that were into my life had, had, had suffered with that, had suffered with, you know, abuse, that, I mean, just all kinds of stuff, and so what that does is that makes you jumpy, you know what I mean? It makes you jumpy. When things happen, if you're not careful, it'll, it'll make you jumpy, and literally, I will never forget that spirit of fear, it would try to get on you. It would try to make you afraid. It would try. And I'm studying fear. And I'm saying, what in the world? I don't understand. What? How does this How does this correspond? But guys, watch this. I will, and this was the most, one of the most convicting things at that point in my life. And a life of conviction. <laughs> but I saw that when I feared something, I was given it a higher place than God. Now watch this. The, the, remember over and over that God says these words. Have no other gods before me. I'm afraid that the government's going to do whatever. I'm afraid this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of this. And I want to tell you something. You know what I'm afraid of? I want to I make sure that I don't have nothing. That, I'm, I'm not afraid of anything that I'm more afraid of God. Because see, God, is God in charge or not? Is God in charge or not? Yes. Okay. Because if he is, then why are we worried about all these other people? Well, yeah, it, do circumstances irritate me from time to time? Because, you know, I'm, I'm not very easily irritated. But occasionally something that happens out there will irritate me, like moment, moment, momentarily. Anyway, okay. So, but watch this. He 
feared the Lord greatly. So that means he was following him. And so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord. They're talking about a past event. This is Ahab's wife. She had went and she was a Baal worshiper. She was a, she was, she followed a satanic entity and Ahab was the king and she was like a priestess to Baal and she was wiping out anything that wasn't uh, of her God and, and what's what happened, what he was willing to do. He hid them 50 to a cave. He, he kept a hundred prophets and had fed them with bread and water. So I was studying this this morning. Some of y'all gonna like this and some of you ain't and it's okay. There's a lot of things I don't like. But watch this. I was praying this morning because, you know, I never talk about finances. I literally never talk about it because that's just, that's y'all's job to talk to each other. But watch this. If he hadn't have had any money, he couldn't have fed a hundred prophets. So everything God gives us is for a purpose. And I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you don't be comfortable. Don't be, I mean, do that. But here's the deal. Be wise as, you know, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But here's the deal. He was a successful man, and in that success, God called him to provide for the people of God. So it was while Jezebel mastered the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah taking a hundred prophets, hid them fifty to a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, so now we know who Obadiah is, which means his name means servant of God. And Ahab said to him, go to the land and the springs of water to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive so we don't have to kill any livestock. So it was such, it was such a drought. But remember it hadn't rained. Why wasn't it raining? Because he, because God said, he, then he said it. Okay. So he, you know, how many know we need to agree with God? Okay. But sometimes, you know, in the middle of that, you're going to go like, what? Okay. But what's this? Literally, God always has a plan. In abundance, God has a plan. Remember Joseph. I always remember Joseph. Actually, I was thinking or talking or something about it the day before yesterday. And see, everybody, we were, to, oh, I know, as men, Josh Crosser on the phone yapping and but joseph and i don't mean the son uh, the father uh, the uh, stepfather of jesus but i mean i'm talking about joseph and and when he was sold into slavery think about this guys he was put there to make provision to save those people because there was a huge, remember, the, the, he took the, the dream, he, he, he was promoted, he, of course he was also in jail, he was also falsely accused, he sold in slavery, all that. But literally, he, in the middle of all that, he was promoted by, by the power of God so that he would be able to save the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember that? Because there was a drought. And I want to tell you something. Um, God is putting people in place now, and sometimes we have to go through some stuff before we get there. And how many of you know stuff happens? Okay. But in anyway, Obadiah, he's running this stuff, 
he's, he sent him out to look for this. So they divided the land between them to explore it, verse 6, and Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another by himself. Now as Obadiah was on his way, suddenly Elijah met him. Here's my 365th point, but you know who knows how many we'll have. I didn't number them this morning. But watch this. We, I, I minister with some people and, and fellowship with some people, and we have this saying. It's called divine appointments. Divine appointments. And don't ever be surprised when you turn on the television, when you hit the radio station, when you are on Facebook, or when you meet somebody waiting in line to get you at the, at the DMV, what, don't ever be surprised when God has somebody there for you to talk to don't, or listen to. Or I, I can't tell you how many times a song that who knows what the original author even meant, okay, and who cares? But God used a song. God used a phrase. God used a person. God used and nudged me to hear what he was saying. Are you listening? And we talked about it a little bit uh last week during the sermon, but, you know, events and circumstances in our life. Events and circumstances. And here's the deal. I've literally, uh, and I'm not going to give you any names because before long you'll be going, what? So, I've read books by people, like what happened was I, I heard one phrase they said, one phrase, and I'm thinking, Huh. I need to look into that. And then I read everything they wrote because I'm a nerd. Okay. And literally, some of it, I had to eat it around the bone. I got the meat off of it, throw the bone out the window. Okay, no, I don't do that anymore since I'm married to Kim. That's what I used to do. I throw the bone in the trash. Okay. Um, she taught me not to throw things out the window when you're going down the road. I was in my 20s, but it's, you know, I'm a slow learner. But literally, guys, those. The thing, the his his position on grace changed my life because sometimes you need e events, you need teaching, you need the. I mean, the holy. I'd love for everything just to be downloaded on a on a thumb drive and you just stick it in your neck and you just you know and you just have no events and circumstances and the word of God and the Holy Spirit revealing himself through through donkeys on the side of the road. I mean, literally, guys. And that's what gives me hope in my teaching. I'm just a donkey, you know, saying, don't go around and I'll kill you. But anyway, the point being is this. Literally, that divine appointment, as Obadiah was on his way, suddenly Elijah, and he recognized him. And watch what happens here. I think this is very interesting because Samuel showed up to... Uh, to David's, to Jesse's house, remember Samuel, shows up to Jesse's house, and they literally, now this is my translation of what happened, so they're like, hey, is everything okay? The prophet's here. Is everything okay? <laughs> what does he want? And you know what? We don't have that kind of awe anymore toward the Lord. And don't get me wrong, we're going to sing He Knows My Name here in a minute. 
and I love that song. And I'm going to tell you a little story behind that before we sing it in a minute. But here's the deal, guys. That awe, that awe of God. And he saw him. And I don't know how this happened. That might have been just, he might have just been walking because he had told him to come back. Or God may have, he may have walked out and just been there. You know, a couple of times Jesus just walked out and was where he needed to be. So, and, and, and he walked back through them. And while they're trying to push him off the cliff or whatever. But so as he's doing this exploring, and it's interesting to me that he's being obedient to the person over him, even though he's not a good guy, but he's being obedient. And in that obedience, he comes into contact with what God's plan is. And they, he fell on his face and he said, is that you, my Lord, Elijah? Now look, and if you've got the new King James and I'm not, talking about versions or whatever but that word lord there is not capitalized it's it, what he's talking about is oh you're a big deal but he's not calling him god so don't get confused on that and he answered him and says it is i go and tell your master elijah is here and he said how have i sinned <laughs> i love this is my okay we're going to have to quit here in a minute. This is going to be a two, three, four, six, eight, ten part or whatever. But guys, watch this. This is one of my favorite parts. He says, oh, no, no, not that. Don't tell me, what have I done? Because he's thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Now I'm going to die. Because this is what he says. I love this guy. I love that. This is the guy that hid the prophets. He ain't scared. But now he is, okay, <laughs> because evidently he's got some experience with things not going his way. And he said, how have I sinned that you delivered your servant to the hands of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord lives, is there a no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you? Now listen to what he's saying. We've been, the king's been looking all over for you. He's been sending headhunters you know, uh, uh, bounty hunters, he's been sending everybody to find you, and, and what's this? And he said, when they say he is not here, he took an oath from the king or nation that they could not find you. And listen, nobody was protecting him. God was protecting him, wasn't he? Nobody was going to the winter woman and looking for him. Did God know what he was doing? Yeah. Did God take care of everything he needed? Yeah. Is that what he's going to do for us? Listen, he will mentally, physically, psychologically, financially. He is the God who is enough. Amen. And we're always looking in the wrong sack to get what we need. It's his sack. Okay. Is there no nation? And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. I mean, can you hear? I mean, literally, I think he's scared to death. I mean, he, he's already bowed down. He's already worried, okay? And it shall come to pass as soon as I'm gone. <laughs> I love this. Our Western minds, our Western culture, we don't get this at all. In the East, this makes total sense, okay? In the Middle East, not, not uh, East Coast, okay? So, but watch this. As soon as I'm gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place that I don't know. Do you know what he is speaking? Think, I want you to think about this. He's speaking faith. He knows 
the power of God. Doesn't he? He's not saying, well, I hope you don't run off. He's not putting it on the flesh. He's not saying, you, he's not saying no, you're going to do me wrong. He said, well, you know, there's no telling what God will do. He'll just take you up and take you. Is that what he's saying? And he believes it. You know why he believes it? Because it's true. And you know why we don't believe it? Because we, we have an Americanized Christianity. Well, God couldn't do that. God can't do this. Oh, this is, what, what? Who are you serving? Amen. Are you serving half of God? Amen. A third of a God that he can't, well, he can take care of everybody but me. He can do this. Listen, is it always going to look like we thought it was? I will give you a written guarantee. It will never look like you thought it was. Because you know what? You, you see darkly. He is total light. And I got to quit, but, I, you know, it's good for me. If it's not for you, I'm sorry. And watch this. If I go and tell Ahab he cannot find you, he'll kill me. And he's just using his intellect. And how, okay, here's the deal. You look like a very intellectual crowd, okay? Obviously very intellectual. Um, but... Sometimes our intellect will get in our way because it's always been this way. I want to tell you something. You know how many, and I don't know, I wasn't there, in spite of what some, how some of y'all think I am, okay? But I don't know how long it was between the time that the earth was out there without form or void. Was that a billion years? Was that 20 minutes? I don't know. I wasn't there, okay? But then God said, it's time. Amen. And what happened? Did the devil say, oh, no, you can't do that? No, you know why he didn't say that? Because he, he can't say that. Because it's God. And God walked out on nothing and spoke something into existence. Is that what happened? Yes. Is that the same God we serve today? Yes. Is he a Republican? Is he a Democrat? Is he a, is he, listen, he is so high and lifted up. Listen, and we, we're so worried about, oh, what about this? What about this? What, listen, either God's in charge or we need to take the pews out of here and put down sawdust and we'll change some of our songs and we'll just do something else. Okay. But we ain't going to do that, by the way. For 120, well, somebody went like that. But, dang it. Sometimes I say stuff I probably shouldn't. I'll take out the sometimes. Okay. I'm famous for it. Redneck famous, not really famous. But as the Lord lives, Elijah says this, whom I stand, I will present myself to him today. In other words, what I say goes. Because he was speaking for God. And I want to tell you something. When I speak for God, what I say goes. And when, when, I say, when I say speaking for God, that means this. And he says, I love you. And as we were practicing this morning, I'll close with this, maybe. As we were studying, as we were practicing this morning, as I was singing that song, you know my name. I thought about 
You know, he says, approach, us, approach him as our dad, our dad who is in heaven. And then he talks about we're the bride. And I want to tell you something. As the bride of Christ, he knows our flaws. And in spite of our flaws, he says, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you because it's easy and it's light. And the yoke in those days was the teaching of the rabbi. Because see, he died so that we could have the garment of rightness with him. Put on your wedding garment this morning and follow him. Lord, thank you so much for these folks and we'll pick this up next week because it's too big of a sandwich to eat it all in one setting, Lord, but just help us, oh God, to be the men and women you've called us to be and to hear your voice. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.